Welcome everybody from Vox Church and Impact Church. If you're joining us from Vox, uh, this is taking the place of our Wednesday night service this week, and it is an honor and a privilege to hang out with one of my closest friends, an amazing man of God, Zenzo Matoga from Impact Church. But uh, but our journey goes way past uh, Vox or Impact or anything. We've been uh, we've been walking together in ministry for a long time. So thanks for making time to do this. I love you. I love you too. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Vox. I'm so glad to hang out with your pastor. He's my brother. We've known each other for a long time. Impact Church, for the first time here at Impact, welcome my brother, Pastor Justin Kendrick. We've known each other for a long time. I love him, his wife, Chrissy, and their three boys and their brand new daughter now that, that they have uh, uh, adopted, who uh, is my skin color, by the way. And so congrats to you guys. But so glad that we can do this today. I love yeah. you, man. Yeah. yeah, I love you too. And thank you, uh, everybody that's joining us. Thanks for taking some time. We're going to dive into some intense conversation. Obviously, our world is on fire. You're following the news. There are riots. There are protests. Um, some people on the left, some people on the right. What does the church think? What does the church stand for? And where should we go from here? And so we're going to just have some conversation uh, today and dive into those topics. Um, Zenzo, would you open us in prayer and then we'll jump right in. Amen. God, I just thank you for this time of prayer. Thank you for my brother, Justin, and that we can have this conversation today. God, we thank you for the friendship and the brotherhood that you've given us over the years. Father, we thank you because we're connected by your blood. Father, your word says there's no Jew or Gentile, free or slave. There's no male or female because we are one in Christ Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for the oneness that you've given us. Thank you for the privilege you've given us in this season as your church to lead when it comes to justice and healing. Father, we believe justice has a name, and his name is Jesus. We vow to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Well, if you're anything like me, you know, I feel, I feel like a, an intense obligation to pay attention to what's happening every single day in the news, but also it can be overwhelming, you know, to just every news story, all the, there was a riot here, this person died. Obviously, um, the recent events with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and all the um, tension that our nation has been feeling, it's been like a a pot ready to boil and it's just boiling over right now. Um, I would love to hear from you and, uh, and I'll share a little bit too, but what, what are you seeing right now? Um, what are you seeing uh, God do? What are you seeing in our culture? Um, what's, uh, what's your take as you look out into this crazy situation we're living in? Yeah, in the midst of the craziness and the chaos and the brokenness and the hurt, uh, I personally have never been any more hopeful than I am today when it comes to crushing injustice by way of racism to the African-American community. Uh, you know, as, as a black man in America, you know, I came to America back in 1998. So I've been here over 20 years and I was very naive coming from Africa. You know, I, I thought that racism was gone. I thought it was a thing of the past. I thought it's something Dr. Martin Luther King destroyed years ago mm. and that it was gone. Uh, but I, I, you know, I had my own brush, you know, and experiences to racism and I was shocked. I was disappointed. I was shocked. Uh, 
But I'll tell you this, I am, I am more hopeful today. I'm, I'm more hopeful because the church of Jesus is rising. Yeah. Uh, the whole case with, with Ahmad Aubrey, the voice of the church rose up. Mm. Uh, and I got to tell you, it was a blessing to see that. Yeah. Um, and, and I got I to gotta say thank you to you, my brother, for, for just leading the charge. I saw the posts. I saw the prayers that you and Chrissy um, posted. And, and one, I mean, you and I are on the same page, but, but man, it blessed me. It, it hit me right here because, you know, because sometimes it's tough for me to speak in this color because you don't want the stereotype of the angry black man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't want the voice to be misunderstood. So for a long time, I was praying and, and asking God to raise up the church, especially mm-hmm. the white church. Uh, uh, and it's funny that we say the white church because the church is the church, but the, our yeah. white brothers and sisters in the church, especially pastors, to rise up. Yeah. And so, man, thank you for rising up. Thank you for paying the price. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vox, thank you for allowing your pastor to be a voice in a time like this. It, it's healing uh, to a black man. Um, it's it's empowering, you know. And so I'm, you know, I saw so many pastors, so many leaders uh, speaking up and yeah. Uh, yeah. posting things, and and I, I, I'm I'm more hopeful than ever before because I believe that uh, when it comes to justice and healing, that God has entrusted the church with that yeah. uh, because you know because racism defies the Creator and His design. Right? Yeah, because, that's good. Yeah. yeah, racism is sin. It is sin. You know, it is injustice. Racism undermines the voice of the church. Yeah. Uh, we, we're preaching Jesus. We're preaching the cross of Jesus, the cross and the blood of Jesus that welcomes all. Mm-hmm. This blood that was shed for all. Uh, racism, uh, it discredits heaven, right? It says, there's a picture, scripture in Revelation. It says, uh, uh, There'll be every every language, every tribe, every nation lifting up holy hands so good. Uh, yeah. around the throne of grace. We see the picture of heaven in the future, and, and I'm there, right? And you're there. Uh, and so I feel like the church should take the lead. I'm so glad that the church is doing that now, and I'm more hopeful than ever before. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a real anger right now. You know, I think that um, we're seeing that, and that is real. And I think that everyone needs to understand that we should be angry right now that we can't watch a video of George Floyd die. um, That's eight minutes and 46 seconds long and not be angry. Now, you know, the scripture is clear. It says be angry and do not sin. So, you know, injustice does not get solved with more injustice. So obviously all the looting and all the damage that a lot of these, uh, you know, protests are doing is is ungodly in its sin uh, but the anger is actually justified anger itself is not sin it's what you do with that anger and i do think i do think america is angry and i I think we should be angry um but i think the church needs to channel that anger into restoration into healing i agree with you i think that right now um there is a spiritual awakening on the horizon you know, we've all heard the Martin Luther King quotes where he says, you know, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Yes. And I think that I think that there is a, a shift happening in America where yes. we have said for a long time, well, racism is a black problem. 
And yeah. I think what we're realizing is no, actually racism is our problem. It is, it. Yep. it is a collective problem. It's a human problem. And I can't isolate it to a particular group. It affects all of us. And if my brother is going to be unjustly treated, then yeah. I am also unjustly treated. This affects yeah. me. It's my problem. It's not just his problem. It's my problem. And so yeah. I think that, especially, you know, white Americans, I think there is a spiritual awakening happening that goes, I cannot be quiet about this. And I yeah. cannot pretend that this is not something that I have to be a part of. Yes. Uh, and that's yes. huge. I mean, that's huge. And, yes. you know, I think that the church, the people of God, uh, we have to set the tone and say, okay, there's so much like political, you know, agendas going on here where, yeah. you know, one group, the liberals would try to use it for this. The conservatives yeah. would try to use it for that. And the yeah. family of God, we got to transcend that stuff. That's it. Um, That's it. We're not called to be part of a political movement. We're called to be part of a kingdom movement that, yeah. um, that connects people, like you said, by the blood of Jesus. So I'm encouraged, man, because I think that the church is finally waking up to say, you know what? I'm not a Democrat first. I'm not a Republican yes. first. I'm a yes. God first. And yes. that means I need to learn to love my neighbor, you know? Yes, uh, yes. That's huge. So good. So good. So good. Uh, there's a scripture right now that I'm standing on that God gave me, and it's Proverbs 31, verse 8 to 9. And I love it in the NLT version. It says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Wow. And yep. then it says, ensure justice for those being crushed. Mm. And when I read that, and I think of that picture, and, uh, and, and then verse 9 says, yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless and see, and see that they get justice. I believe that is a mandate to the church. And I so agree with, agree with what you're saying. Yeah. We have to rise above the, the political groups and, and recognize that we're Christian first. Uh -huh. um, and we're spirit first, you know. I, you know, I, I am not a black man. I am a spirit man that just happens to live in this beautiful African container. Huh. You know? But I'm spirit first, created in the image of God. Your spirit first, created in, in the image of God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, I'd love if if I think one of the one of the things that heals and one of the things that transforms is when we take the time to learn some of the some of the details of our brother's story from people who came from a different background, people who have a different story. And I have always, I've learned so much from you and your story is so unique because I mean, I'll, I'm going to let you tell it, but you know, growing yep. up in Africa, then yep. moving to America, then marrying a white girl, now yep. raising kids that are biracial yep. in the United States. I mean, you have so many different perspectives that you've yep. had the privilege of kind of like seeing firsthand. Um, yep. And then also, the stereotypes that you've had to face uh, yeah. because of the color of your skin. Um, yeah. Just give us a little bit of the story and I'll share mine too, but I want to, I want to just hear. Um, and I think it's important for everybody joining us as we yeah. listen to these stories that we're going to share. This is real life and this is how we yeah. grow. So yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're right. You know, I grew up in Africa and I grew up in a college compound. Uh, so my neighbor on the right uh, or on the left was from Chicago. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> my other neighbor was from Switzerland, and across the street there was, you know, someone who was African and went to integrated schools all the time, and um, you know, and then yeah, came to America. And, uh, I married an Italian girl, you know, who <laughs> almost, you know, <laughs> think, you know, 
thank God I, I still have both my knees. You know, didn't break, <laughs> she didn't break my kneecaps. You know? <laughs> and pastoring a cross-cultural church now, you know. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I was naive at first, man, when I came from Africa. And uh, I was traveling with my singing group back in the days. You remember back in the days, yeah. traveling everywhere. Yeah. You were traveling with Holy Fire back in the days. We'd always bump uh, into each other in these places. But I was in Georgia. Atlanta and a pastor put us in a hotel and uh, we went to front desk right to, to to talk to the person get our keys and all that stuff and and the guy taught us to wait and even though we were first in line he he started serving everybody else and told us to wait and so I've got this justice thing when I went I said man let's work we were first in line can you take care of us right we're tired man we, were, we came from Boston just want to take a shower and sleep. Then he was like, no, no, no. I'm going to serve these people um, on the line here. And then maybe when I'm done with them, then I may serve you guys. And I looked at the line and everybody was white. And all of a sudden, it just, it just clicked. <laughs> like, whoa, something interesting is going on here. And I've never experienced it before. Yep. And I just said, man, I don't think that's right. And I was talking to him. I, was, I, I wasn't angry. I was just talking to him nicely. And, man, he called the police on us, and the police showed up. Uh, and they took our bags, and they pretty much put our bags in the parking lot, and they said, you're not welcome here. Wow. And I was trying to talk to the police and say, hey, man, this is what's going on. And, and it was clear that he wasn't interested in hearing our story. I'll tell you what hurt me most that day. What hurt me most was, was the people who were in line that day mm. who went in front of us and did not say anything. Okay. For me that day, that, that's, you know, but that was my first experience. So I was with my boys, you know, three other dudes. I'm the shortest one, smallest one. They're all big and muscular. They, they're teddy bears. They love Jesus, you know, but yeah. I, I, can, I can see how they look scary to everybody else. Um, and so we were just laughing in the parking lot, man. We were just like, hey, man, we, we're getting persecuted for Jesus, man. Maybe, maybe we're going to heaven for real. This, at first, it was just kind of funny for us. Yeah. My yeah. second encounter was not, was not funny. Uh, I was stopped by the cop. By cop. Uh, it was in the afternoon in a city called Somerville uh, next to my town. And, man, that encounter was tough. I, I could see the fear in his eyes. And I could see that uh, he did not mean well. Uh, he definitely stereotyped me. He stopped me because I think my blinking light was not working. I didn't even know it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and so, man, he had his hand on the gun. Uh, and, and then he proceeded to draw the gun, you know. And, and, and long story short, man, he called me the N-word. Um, and wow. he was like, make me, you know, make me, uh, you know, I'll do it. And I could tell he, he wasn't even hiding it, man. It was just wow. out there. He wasn't even hiding it. Make me, you know, the peace of God overwhelmed me. I mean, at first I was overwhelmed with great fear. I couldn't feel my legs. And I, I started thinking about my family, my wife and kids. That's the first thing I thought about. I, I wanted to make it home. Um, and, and then the peace of God overwhelmed me. And, and it's like the anointing of God. Uh, came upon me. I said, "Listen, man. I looked him. I looked him straight in the eyes. I didn't hesitate. I said, "Listen, sir. I am for you." And and I said, 
one thing is going to happen today. Both you and I are going home to our families mm. because you love your family and I, I love my family. I'm going home to dinner with my family today and you're doing the same. I am for you. I honor you, man. I respect you. I'm not here for problems. I just went off. And you could tell that this wasn't the reaction that he was looking for. Uh, still scared, man, but, but something came upon me. Uh, and, and he, you can tell he calmed down a little bit, you know, but, but he was still like in that mode, almost embarrassed. And he just, it was a macho kind of thing at that point, you know, and he was just like, I'm going to tow your car anyway. I don't even really have to. I can send you off, but I'm going to do it, you know. And, and at some point, man, I even said, why are you doing this? I'm telling you that I'm cooperating with you. I am for you. Why do you still speak to me this way? I said, I'm for you, man. And, and I'm going home. You're going home. And we got to do better. And uh, he called the tall track and he kept, he still was, was swearing and dropping the F word and the N word. And, and the tall track driver witnessed this. But I was so glad at that point, um, the intensity came down. Uh, when the talk truck guy was towing me because I sat in the front, he was like, hey, man, if you want to file a report or what, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be a witness. It was a Spanish guy, you know. Mm. And uh, I went home and I thought, I, I don't think it's a good idea. You know, I, the, the fear of, and I, if I can be honest, I fear that if I filed a report that I'll get shot one day without even knowing what happened, like where somebody came from. Um, and so, so hold and, on. Like, yeah. I think it's just important. I'm going to interrupt you for a second for yeah. everyone, but especially our white brothers and sisters just to hear this. Okay. So, so here he, here's Enzo, right? Middle of the afternoon, pulled over by a police officer, police officer's hand is on his gun, calling him the N word, telling him, make me do it. You know, yeah. I mean that now, I don't want to stereotype either way, right? We know that there are lots of godly, incredible police that we are greatly, you know, very, very grateful for. Um, yeah. We've got police officers in our church. I'm sure you do in your church. Godly men and women who serve our, our cities and our towns. We're thankful for that. But there is this tension that exists yeah. with there are yeah. good cops and there are bad cops. And there yeah. is this profiling that happens. And it's so important for us all to just say, wow, this is not like, make-believe this is the common experience of an individual with darker skin in america and yeah. uh, and so i mean that's that's just you know i think for all of us we have to say pause still that's not just my brother's problem that's my problem yeah. and are we willing to live in a world where that's normal and i think yeah. the body of christ has to say no we are not yeah. so anyways back to your story yeah. I, just did, I just wanted to yeah, such a great point there, Justin, because, you know, I have to have a conversation with my boys yeah. because it's, 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 a, it's, not a, it's not an if it happens. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, that's why I'm excited about this season because I want this to end because I know it's just a matter of time before it happens again. Yeah. It, it's, it's a thing that a person in the skin color, if you're, if, if you're a man, you got, you're going to experience it. You know, and I'm reluctant to drive in the nighttime. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's just not a wise thing for me to do. Uh, and if I go on a ministry trip where I'm preaching somewhere and we're going to be driving in the night, I, I'll ask one of the, the white brothers or ashes in our church to drive me. It's just better that way. 
uh, than again, I got to interrupt you because I think for, I think honestly, for a lot of white people, um, if we're honest, we we don't get it because this is not our experience. I'm 37 years old. How many times have I thought to myself, it's not safe to drive at night? I need to be honest. Zero. I've never thought that to myself. That is not something I need to think about as a white man. And so again, my brother who is serving Jesus, working for the gospel, has to stop and go, you know what? I really don't think I can drive at night because I'm in fear for my life. Like, you know, this is, this is, this is just wrong. Like, and I think it's just so important for us to understand, like, especially my white brothers and sisters watching, like, this is, we, many of us have just been very unaware and that yeah. needs to change because nothing changes until the awareness rises. And, yeah. um, and so, yeah, that's, so go ahead back to you. Bro. Yeah. You know, cause Justin, you know, the, that, that police man that I encountered, I wondered what would have happened if I would have encountered him in the night. Mm. Yeah. 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 In, in the darkness of the night. Um, and, and I do agree with what you're saying. My, my wife is white and, uh, Justin, you know, that, that scenario that happened in Atlanta, Georgia, that happened when I was single and traveling with the worship team, you know, with my group. But this scenario happened when I was married. And so when I went home, by the way, when he let me go, I just, I just broke down, man. I just broke down because I felt like I came back close to death, you know. And then I went home. Uh, <laughs> I kept it myself for a day. And my wife was like, something's wrong. What's going on? Something. And the next day I told her, and she, she was, I think, 24, 25 or so at the time. And she told me that she had no idea that this even exists in America. Wow. Yeah. She had no idea whatsoever that this, this even exists. And, and she was like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm so upset. Did you get his badge number? Uh, did you question him? Did you? I said, I can't do that. You know? Yeah. We, we don't do that. You, you, yeah. It's not a wise thing to do that. And, and, and Justin, also, I thought about this. I, I'm from Africa, so, so my, my father hasn't experienced this. My grandfather hasn't experienced this. Right. I, I wonder if I'd experienced this 10 times. I wonder if I'd still have the same patience. Mm. And I wonder if... That's actually such an important point. Because, yeah. you know, and, and that's why, I, and I want to hear, I want everybody to hear this. I know that there are many brothers and sisters in both of our churches that you grew up in America and you're yeah. black and yeah. you've experienced some level of this type of injustice again yeah. and yeah. again yeah. and again. And yeah. there is a callousness and it has to be the Holy Spirit that, yeah. that works inside of you to yeah. bring mercy and forgiveness. And the truth is, the people who were who treated you wrong, they don't deserve forgiveness. We forgive yeah. because Christ forgave us, not because the, they deserve it. And and that's a work of the Spirit. It doesn't happen yeah. any other way. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. true, so true. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've, I've thought about that. You know, if that happened to me ten times in a row, and then Grandpa went through it, and Dad went through it, I wonder if I'd still have the same patience. Yeah. You know, to yeah. diffuse, because yeah. uh, because because he wanted me to react and i remember even telling him you're not gonna get the reaction you want from me i'm not gonna get angry mm. i'm not gonna uh, you know i am for you i'm going home you're going home uh i was able to do that and 
the, the last example I want to give comes close to home, man. Uh, uh, my Zenzo is 12 years old now, and we just moved to a new city. And, and so uh, we got a call from the principal. Uh, there was an incident that happened in the school because a white kid called him the N-word. Um, and so, of course, the, the principals are thought about it. They think they suspended the kid for a week or so. But they said, you know, talk to your son. And, you know, and, uh, you know, we had the conversation, my wife and I. And, and it's, it's an interesting conversation, right? Because I'm approaching it from my angle. My wife is approaching it from her angle. Uh, and, and, and our Zen's is just like, hey, man, I'm sorry. And he's, yeah, I'm cool. I'm fine. I'm good. You know, uh, no, Zenzo, let's talk about, no, I don't want to talk about it, man. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm, uh, I could see though, the, 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 his face, I'd never seen his face kind of turn like that before. I said, son, we got, we got to talk about this, you know? Um, and so we talked about it, you know, we say, you know, this happens, you know, some people are not taught well and, and and I'm thinking it's another kid his age, right? And, and I feel like racism is taught, you know? Uh, but our main approach, our main approach was Zenzo, we're going to pray for him. Mm-hmm. We're going to forgive him. We're going to pray for him by name. We're going to believe God for his salvation. And son, uh, there's not going to be any hate in your heart, you know? And he said, Dad, I, I get it, Dad. I've already forgiven Dad. It's, it's really not a big deal, Dad. But, but yeah, we'll do it. And so we prayed for him, we prayed for him some more, uh, you know, and uh, one of my brothers, Pastor Matthew, uh, who's an African-American pastor, uh, he, you know, his bishop, his father is my bishop, spiritual father. He, he does some trainings with my boy. My boy is a ball player. And Pastor Matthew went to college on a, on a ball basketball oh, sport. Yeah. yeah. Your son can so play. You, yeah. So they were here playing basketball, you know. So he had a chance to just speak to him as well. And, you know, it, it's as if he he allowed him to speak a little more, you know, as they played ball, you know. Uh, just, you know, that day as they discussed and, and and that helped. But that came close to home, man, when your children begin to experience it, yeah. you know. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, we're getting ready even right now to – explain to the kids what's going on and explain especially to the boys you know how to how to react and if you ever stop make sure your hands are clear they can see them don't make any sudden moves and all that just you know and so i'm excited yet again i'm more hopeful than ever before with what's happening right now the men of god speaking and the church speaking and and my prayer some of some of you that are hearing this for the first time um and some of this information begin to do the same. Of course, we have to do it with wisdom and excellence. I believe that God is raising the Daniels of our generation who would do this with wisdom and excellence because I don't want to see that next generation continue to go through this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, part of that, the bigger question is next time you're the one in line at the hotel in Georgia and watch this happen, Next time you're the tow truck, tow truck driver that sees yeah. this happen. The next time you're, you know, wow. principal of the school or the teacher that hears this happen, are you going to say this is not acceptable or are you going to stand in line and just let it happen? And so I think that for all of us, part of what God is doing, I believe right now in the church is to say, again, this is not someone's problem this is our problem and until all of us say 
we are not allowing this, um, nothing's going to change. You know, I, I know in my own experience, you know, I grew up from as far back as I can remember, I had friends who were not white and, uh, growing up 10, 15, 20, I went to college and, uh, all my roommates were, were not white. And, um, and I think if I'm honest, I would have said, you know, Zenzo, I don't see color, you know? And, and the truth is I really didn't like, I never even thought of the fact that it was uh, a black man who led me to faith in Jesus. It was another black man who, um, who baptized me. Um, and, and these are things I, I'd never even thought of as a follower of Jesus. And, and what I had to realize as I've matured and as I've stepped into the shoes of my brothers and tried to understand this very historic, very systemic, very complex issue of race is that my ability to say, I don't see color is actually a privilege of my position that as a white man, I have the opportunity to not see color as a black man. You don't get that same opportunity because people force you to see it. And so, and so, and this is important for all of our white brothers and sisters, just to simply say, listen, I don't see color is, is not an option. First of all, it's an unbiblical response. Like you said earlier, uh, every tribe, tongue and, tongue and nation is represented in heaven, which means that our race goes with us. I didn't yes. choose to be white, you didn't choose to be black, but in heaven, I'm still white and you're still black. And that makes it more glorious, not less. Yeah. And so yeah. God made us diverse to express his glory. That's a fundamental theological truth. And so, um, first of all, we have to see that color because God put yep. it on purpose. It's part of who we are. Uh, yep. But second of all, we have to see that color so that we can understand the world around us and be a yep. voice for those that may not have a voice and speak yep. out when injustice yep. is happening. And so, um, you know, I know for me, I became progressively more and more aware. And a lot of it was through my friends, hearing my, my, my friend's story, story after story after story, friend after friend who I trust and I remember when I first started hearing my friend's stories being like, that really happened to you? Wow. Wow. And, and, you know, because for me, it was totally foreign, like almost like your wife, like what? Like, how could yeah. that happen? I think for a lot of yeah. white people, we think, oh, well, that's not really, well, there must be yeah. other explanations. There must be other, yes. no, yes. there's no other explanation. It's yes. just wrong. And yes. I don't know how many stories it took, but I finally started to wake up to the fact that everybody I know that doesn't yeah. have white skin like me knows yeah. this and I don't know this. Yes. Yes. And, yes. and that, that made me, uh, wow. first of all, ashamed. Wow. And then second of all, um, a learner where yeah. I said, okay, Jesus, I need you to teach me my brothers and sisters that don't look like me. I need you to teach me. And I yes. think that the big thing that, that is happening in the church right now is that we, we all need to take a posture of learning to yes. say, so you know, okay, I can learn from you, you can learn from me. But the truth is, especially as a white person, there are just things I don't see. So yeah. I, need to, I need to shut up and I need to listen so that I can actually discern what's happening so that I can yeah. be biblical in my response. Wow. And wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And, and I think, again, everything you just said, the, the, the family of God, the church, has to say, hey, listen, as the people of God, the, the scripture you read in Proverbs, stand up for those that need to be stood up for. Yeah. As the people of God, we can't say that that type of profiling is acceptable. We just can't. Yeah. We have to say, hey, listen, no. Every time it happens, no. It's just as much my problem as it is your problem. We have to own it. And it has to yeah. be 
our problem collectively. So let's just talk a little bit about, you know, moving forward. Um, yeah. You know, how does the family of God, um, we've talked a lot about it already, but, but move forward. You know, we'll yes. chat about it a little bit. Yeah, how do we move forward? Uh, you know, the, work, uh, the Lord has led me to Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah was a, was a builder. He rebuilt the, the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, I feel like COVID-19 has left our world in ruins. Mm. And what we're going through right now has also left our world in, in ruins. Yeah. Uh, but uh, God has always had a Nehemiah to rebuild. Come on. And I believe that God is raising up Nehemiahs in this generation. I, Justin, I believe you're a Nehemiah. Uh, and and this, is the, this is the statement that God gave me, that ruins turn into gold in the hands of a Nehemiah. Come on. Yeah, ruins turn into gold in the hands of a Nehemiah, that God has always entrusted ruins with, with, with Nehemiahs, and that he's raising up Nehemiahs. Those, and, then, and so the question is, what did Nehemiah do? Uh, number one, he had a burden for Jerusalem. Yeah. He had a burden for his city. He wasn't even living in Jerusalem at the time, but when he, when he heard the report, he had a burden. So number one, ask yeah. God to give you a burden. Ask God to give you a burden. Amen. I mean, this, this has to be a God-given burden. Uh, it can't be out of anger. It has to be out of a God-given burden to see justice. Yeah. Um, number two, Nehemiah prayed. He began to pray. Uh, racism is injustice. And so it, it is a demonic spirit. If it's, yes. it's okay to use that word. It's from the yeah, pit of hell. It's, it's, it's a hot issue. Yeah, it's a hot issue. So we, we have to pray as we talk about politics and all this stuff. My prayer is that the church doesn't do more arguments than prayer. We have to be practical. We have to be practical, but we have to prioritize prayer. That's what Nehemiah did. Yeah. Uh, and then number three, I think it's what you say. We need to take ownership. Mm -hmm. uh, whether you're white, black, Latino, Asian, take ownership. According to Nehemiah 1 verse 7, he begins to pray. Nehemiah is not even in Jerusalem. He says, Father, forgive us. We have acted wickedly towards you. Mm -hmm. That 2 Chronicles 7, 14, where it's an if my people problem. If yep. my people humble themselves, pray, turn from the wicked ways, repent, seek my faith. He says, I will heal the land. The healing of the land is an if my people problem. Yep. And so yep. the church has to own this. Uh, I also feel we need to welcome conversations. Yeah. Nehemiah had conversations with the king of Persia and started talking about this. And yes, he, he started having conversations with business leaders and, uh, and, and different ones. I think, I think it's okay to open dialogue. And I, I totally understand, especially with my white brothers and sisters, I'm married to a white woman. And she, at first she was like, honey, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know how... I don't even know how to approach this thing. Let me tell you this, like what Justin and I are doing right now, what Pastor Justin and I are doing right now, and, uh, I honor him as a pastor, but he's my brother. Uh, but what we're doing right now is so powerful for the both of us. Yeah. You know, Isaiah 118 says, come, let's reason together. This is God speaking. You know, uh, yeah. when Adam sinned, God said, Hey, where are you? Come, let, let's talk. Adam was hiding. God loves conversations. So I believe we need to open dialogue. Um, I, I got three more. Very quick. Number, number five, let's be vocal. You know? Uh, yeah, let's be vocal. Uh, let's, 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 let's speak out. Nehemiah began to speak and mobilize. We got to do something about 
this. We have to rise up. We have to do something about this. I think we need to vote for godly leaders. Yeah. And then finally, we need to promote peace. Uh, you know, I believe people have a constitutional right to march. Uh, you say it, it's okay to be angry, but sin not. Yes. Uh, we, we don't condone the violence. The violence never fixes anything. We need to do this prayerfully. Uh, we need to be wise. But I am so hopeful because I believe that God is raising up the Nehemiah generation. And the Nehemiah generation does not fear ruins. They turn them into gold. Gold is coming. Palaces are going to be built. We'll see a new America in Jesus' name. Come on. Listen, oh, you're prophesying, man. Everybody watching this, that is the way forward. And, and I just want to say to that, um, it's the church. It's yeah. the church doing the hard work as the family of God of integrating yeah. our leadership, uh, yeah. creating diverse perspectives around the table, learning yeah. to build godly friendships with people that don't look like you. Yes. The church is the, the, the breeding ground of healing for our land. That's it. Really, yes. as we do this, you know, as we live this, not just in theory, you know, some yeah. people are like, oh, yeah, I, I believe in this. But you don't have a single relationship with anyone who doesn't look like you. It's yeah. like well, you're not going to be able to see. And so yeah. I, I think the church does become the place where we model this. Uh, yeah. We learn this. It's yeah. messy. It's ugly. It's sloppy. And then yeah. we display this to the world. Yeah. And so the world looks at us and goes, wow, those people are completely different. And yet they live as though they're brothers. Yes. Those people yes. have totally different backgrounds, and yet they genuinely love and serve each other. Yes. And, um, yeah. and so I really do believe that that is, that is the call. You and I are both living yeah. this in a really practical yeah. way. You married a white girl. We yeah. have a black daughter. Like yeah. we are figuring this out in yes. the walls of our homes. You know yes. what I mean? And, yes. Yes. And so, but family of God that's watching this, like you may not marry someone of a different race. You may yeah. not adopt someone of a different race. But yeah. you can still do this, and you must do this. Yes, and, uh, yes. I think that is a, a great, uh, a great command um, and mission for the church right now. And I'm yeah. excited too, man. I feel like this is a moment where yeah. um, where we can actually advance the gospel in a profound way. Yeah, yeah. I love what. Uh, by the way, you did such a powerful thing, man. You and Chrissy on Mother's Day, mm -hmm. uh, as you prayed for. Ahmad uh, Aubrey's mother, um, and uh, that was just so powerful. Uh, I, I believe that's what the church should do and, and re how we should respond. Uh, but I love what you said um, as you prayed for, for the mother as well. You say, we may not understand what black people go through, uh, but, but we're here. We're, we're listening, we're learning, you know, that, that was the context. Uh, and I just want to encourage my white brothers and sisters. Uh, we are one. Uh, don't feel guilty because of the color of your skin. Yeah. Uh, God knows your heart. You know, God knows your heart. Uh, don't overcompensate. Don't do anything uh, out of, yeah, don't overcompensate. God knows your heart. Yeah. Do what the Lord tells you to do. Uh, uh, but but I believe we should all do something because we're in the church. Yeah. Uh, but my methods are going to be different from yours. Mm -hmm. uh, and church, let's not impose our methods on one another. That's uh, I, th I think we can all be creative uh, and do what the Lord is telling us to do. Let's take responsibility. But but yeah, don't don't feel guilty because of the skin color. Mm -hmm. uh, 
the, the, the forefathers' sins. And, you know, we, we can repent, all of us as a church, because we have to take ownership. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but open conversation. Reach out to someone. I know it's uncomfortable. Just say, hey, I, I want to learn. I'm here for you. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, but I just want you to know I'm here, and I feel like as a church, we're in this together. That's, that's, that's it. That's all. Yeah. That's so good, man. I thank you for saying that. I think that, I think that a lot of white brothers and sisters need to hear that, um, and yeah. it means so much. Um, thank you for saying that. And, and I do think, yes, there's a place for corporate repentance, uh, but at the same time, you, know, you, you didn't choose to be black. I didn't choose to be white. Um, yeah. we, God chose these things, and here we are. But now uh, let's step into our moment and yep. learn to love our neighbor and, uh, and grow. That's, that, that's yep. the bottom line. And so it's about feeling guilty and, and feeling like, oh, you know, I'm ashamed that I'm, that yep. I'm white. No, I, I don't think we have to, you don't need to be ashamed yep. of your, of your d- design. I don't have to be ashamed of my design. We have to step into the call of God. And I think yep. the, a key element here, church, is that, that we are actually all better together. That's how the That's body it. of Christ works. And um, one last thought I had, and then I'd ask you just to pray for us. But, um, yep. but you know, I, I think that I think that it's so fundamental for us to understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, includes within its very center racial yes. reconciliation. That's it. That's um, it. It is not a secondary issue for the church. Yep. It's not like, oh, you know, uh, this is a popular topic now, so let's talk about it. No, 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 no. Racial reconciliation is the very core. It's, it's yeah. every tribe, tongue, and nation. The blood of Jesus yeah. unites Jew and Gentile, slave and free, black and white. That's the power of the gospel, and that's the glory of the church to display to the world. And so we just have to be so committed to the process. It's not just yeah. about one conversation or one relationship. It's about a lifetime of growth yeah. so yeah. that we can actually be the church. And to give up on yeah. racial reconciliation or to make it a secondary issue is yeah. to deny the gospel itself. And so That's I just, it. it's so important for us to understand that we're on That's mission it. and this is the very center of the mission. So yes. Um, yes. anything you want to share and then let's pray. Amen. Yeah, you said it well, you know, uh, these were the last words of Jesus, right? Before he ascended. Go ye and make disciples of all nations. <laughs> Go ye and make disciples of all nations. Uh, we cannot talk about the great commission and ignore this issue it's embedded in there yes how wise is our god right how wise is our god he says go into all nations and make disciples we cannot preach jesus well to the ends of the earth and ignore this issue here and the bible says perfect love casts away fear yeah perfect love let's pursue jesus let's obey him what he tells us to do uh, and it'll cast away the fear in jesus name Hallelujah. Uh, so God, we thank you for this time. I, th- yeah. I thank you for my brother that I, that I just love so much. And um, thank you for the relationship you've given us over the years. And uh, I thank you for the beautiful times I've had, even in his home, just late in the night going into yeah. his fridge and just uh, sitting in his backyard with our families and, yeah. and discussing and, and talking. Father, we thank you. Uh, and God, I pray. Uh, the prayer of Jesus. Uh, he prayed and said, Father, may they be united so that the world may know. Yeah. So that the world may know that we are one, that God is real. So, Father, we pray in this season that we will be united. Father, I pray for healing for those that hurt God. This this week was, 
was a tough week. I know for me, just uh, tears, tears and uh, fresh wounds opening up again. But God, thank you for how you, you're healing me and how you're healing others. And Father, I pray there'll be no guilt. There'll be no fear for our white brothers and sisters. Father, we are one. We love you. We worship you. May people see your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, amen. 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 No.